Welcome. You're about to hear an inspirational message by David Entry. May your faith increase and your heart be stirred towards God as you listen to this life-transforming message. Press subscribe so you're the first to know when the messages are released. Blessed are your ears for the things they hear. How much Paul said that whatsoever were gained to me, I count them lost that I might know him. Philippians chapter 3. Sit down, please. Philippians chapter 3. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, 9, 10. Very interesting points there. Said that, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus my Lord. Do you know, do you understand that? It says that I don't care losing anything just for something that is very excellent. I want something, this excellent thing. He said, knowing Christ my Lord is just excellent. He says that for the excellency of knowing, uh, 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 of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. You see, many people don't think knowing Christ is excellent. Because they haven't found him. When you find find him, it's like, oh my, this God is too good. And you consider the knowledge of Christ the most important thing in your life. You consider this is excellent. Paul said for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. For whom I have suffered the loss. Oh, really? You are boasting about how a Christian you are. What have you suffered the loss of? For Christ. Most people have suffered all kinds of things because of their own mistakes. Because you went to gossip, you went to steal, you went to do some stuff, and now it's biting you, and so I'm suffering for Christ. No, it's different from when you are lo- you've lost friends. You've lost some money. You lost some opportunities because you chose that I want to know Christ more. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count the things I've suffered as. You see, that's the word I told you, Nigeria. S, the S word. That's, this, this is the S word. You see in the Bible? Yeah. This one is bull dunk. It's in the Bible. He said anything that is important in my life, I count them as bull poo. What would you do with bull poo? If you by accident even step in the horse poo or dog poo, you you don't even want to take into your house. (laughs) He said those things I've lost. When I compare it to the excellence of knowing Christ, it is dunk. It is S word. If you bring it in just opposition to the knowledge of Christ, dang, dang, it is poo, 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 poo. And the really, even dang is more decent. The original Greek word means a used menstrual cloth. So sanitary powder has been used. He said, the things that I've counted lost for the excellence of knowing Christ. See, don't let somebody make you feel like now that you are doing this church thing and God thing, you have lost so much. Those things are dank as compared to what you are finding in Christ. So when you look at them, you don't envy them because they are meddling in dung. Spiritually smelly. Wow. I count them as dung. That's, why do I do that? Because I have an agenda. I want to win Christ. 
We've been going for we were going out for soul winning. It's about time you win Christ yourself. People are winning souls, but they haven't targeted to win Christ. You want to win him. You too, you, you have won him. He's, he said, you're everything. It's like a race. I've won a prize. Christ is like a prize for you. I've won him. Yes, I've got him. When your spiritual life, you can tell that you're becoming more Christ-like. He said, yes, I've got him. I've won him. That should be your... So he said, when you read down, 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 verse, look at verse 13. I'll come back to verse 9. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 says... Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Apprehended means I've attained something, I've achieved, I've arrived. I don't consider myself like that. But this one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind me and reaching forth unto the things which are before me. Look at the next verse, verse 14. I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ. That's why I said that I may win him. I'm pressing towards him. You know when those of you who know friends who are athletes in school, when it's getting towards the sports season and competition season, sometimes when others are resting, you see them, they are not sleeping there. <laughs> Why? Because they, they have a match or they have some uh, a context or they have an activity coming, so they keep exercising. <sighs> Why, why are you putting yourself... I want to win the grace. So it's okay to put yourself through something so you can win Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? People will laugh at you. It doesn't matter. Those who laugh at you later, they'll be clapping for you. Because everybody who is living for a purpose doesn't join the crowd. If you want to control the crowd, or... Uh, um, no, if you want to control the orchestra, you must turn your back to the crowd. Don't face the crowd. You can't control the orchestra. If you want to control the orchestra, then turn your back to the crowd. By the time you realize they are clapping for the orchestra, you are in charge. Turn your back to the crowd. Most of us, your biggest weakness is you want people to like you. In fact, Jesus puts it this way, woe is you if all men speak well of you. Yeah. yeah. Jesus said, woe is you if all men speak well of you. If everybody is praising you. Everybody is saying, Luke says, woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. That's why I said Twitter woman is nice. Luke 6.26 Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. So when people are criticizing you, it's normal. It's normal. Do you know why it's normal for people to criticize you when you are doing Christ? Because that thing is a mystery. It is very contrary to the normal way of thinking. Why are you talking like this? Why are you doing this? You are annoying them because look. That's one. And Satan too will be behind it. So you have to find a way to discourage you so you don't talk about this mystery. Because the more you talk about this mystery, the more you are likely to bail people out of misery. Satanically inspired, induced, sponsored misery. Nice scripture. For that's how they did, their fathers did to the false prophets. It's not praying for you that changes you. That I might know him. That's what changes you. Philippians 3.8. That I might know him. Your biggest prayer should someone teach me Christ. Someone tell me about Christ. Tell, tell me. Tell me about Christ. Tell me about Christ. I want to know him. That's what changes you. It's not anointing. They point an anointing on you and you change. Oh, please. Uh, I'm not against anointing. But it has been overstressed. At the expense of knowing Christ. 
if you can know more about Christ, you are fine. You are fine. The anointing will come after you. The word Christ in the Hebrew is Mashiach. That's Messiah. That's what Christ means. But uh, that's the Hebrew word. But what does that mean? In the Old Testament, there were a lot of people who were anointed. But there are three reasons for anointing. They either anoint you to be a prophet. So you can't be a prophet if you have not been anointed. Or you can't be a priest if you have not been anointed. Or you can't be a king if you have not been anointed. So in the Old Testament, there were a lot of messiahs. A Messiah is an anointed one. So there were a lot of Messiahs. But all of them have boundaries. When you are anointed as a king, you can't operate as a priest. Or if you are a priest. So some were so blessed like David. He was able to operate as a king and a prophet, but not a priest. You can't operate as a priest. Some were anointed and they were so blessed, they were able to operate as a priest. And some, I don't even know if anyone operated as a priest and a prophet. Yeah, thinks Samuel. Well, Samuel was a prophet, he wasn't a priest. You know, but he operated in the in the stead of Eli, Eli, so he was a priest. Eli was a priest, so he took over his priestly. So, but nobody could operate as a prophet, a king, and a priest, apart from the Anointed One. So there's only one. So all the small, small, small messiahs in the Old Testament. They were all a reflection of the actual the Messiah coming. Wow. 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 The Messiah who was coming, who has been hidden in the ages past, the mystery of God. So Elijah was in a certain sense a mini version of a Messiah. But what they were not is they were messiahs, a messiah, many small messiahs, but they were not saviors. Oh, okay. They were not saviors. They were not Lord. Jesus is the savior of the world. So, if you begin to get closer to the anointed and his anointing, why wouldn't you have anointing? The more you get closer to the anointing, the more anointed you become. Thank you. Does that make sense when Paul said that I might know him? I want every else in my life that will compete with my knowledge of Christ. That I want, I declare, I'm telling you, I declare it as bull dung. I declare it as a used menstrual cloth. I declare it as rubbish. Anything. No, it doesn't mean everything in life is rubbish. He said, as long as it is put side by side with the knowledge of Christ, the, not just the knowledge, the, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Wow. Wow. I like that one, the excellency. <laughs> I know him. With the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, every other thing is dark. <laughs> So it's good to know Christ. That I might know him and that I might win him. Verse 9. Oh my God. Did you see that? So when they are looking for you, where will they find you? 
They are looking for you. They can't find you anywhere. Not in the club. You are, you are gone. Where are you? I'm inside here. How can witches easily locate you? How can sickness easily take over your life? He has to come to Christ before he comes. Because you are inside him. It's not, it's not about, oh, I was born like that. Or oh, it's in my bloodline, my generations. Please, once you enter Christ, the thing has to come through Christ before it comes to you. There are people who are like high enemies of terrorists. Number one enemy. But why, why can't they get them? Where the people are, you can't get there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can't come from ISIS camp and say, I'm going to kill the prime minister. You won't get there. Because where the prime minister is hiding, where they live, they are inside somewhere. You have to go through some checks. If Satan is looking for you, please make sure he's coming. He has to find you in Christ. Yeah. Some people are in church, but they are not found in Christ. So anything at all can happen to them. And not when you are not found. You know, we are talking about Christ in you, but you must also be in him. So who is in who at all? Is it him who is in me or me? Who, I, who is bigger? I mean, Christ and Christ in me. Also. He said, in that day you will know that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me, and I in you. So, you, you, so Christ, who are you inside, me or the Father? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That I, I like this so much. It really, it really gets me excited. Be found in him. Not having my own righteousness. Did you see the righteous thing is coming again? Yeah. Is it just that if you are not taught in the scriptures, you would think you know the Bible and yet you don't know the mystery of God. Yeah. Apollos, he was mighty in the scriptures, but he only knew that the baptism of John. He only knew the Old Testament according. He didn't know the mystery behind it. That's why Paul said that, uh, me, I've been given this grace to complete the word of God. Because until I explain the mystery of God, the word of God, the work of God, and the word of God is not complete. So what does that mean? Until you begin to understand the mysteries of God, you actually haven't understood the whole workings of God. Because it's interesting. God, I don't know how God, from the beginning, he started doing something. He started doing something. You see him working. You can follow the history. You can follow the trail. The soul is doing so much. You, see, you can follow and say, I know it. And later realize that apparently what he was doing was one, there was something hidden behind it. And there was a hidden agenda. According to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9, it is the mystery of his good pleasure. Having, been, having made known to us the mystery of his will. He had a will, a plan. And that was, it's, so mystery, it's a mystery, he has hidden it. And that was his will. He had a will, he had a plan, he had an agenda, but he kept it hidden throughout all the ages. So you will be reading the Old Testament and everything, and if you don't take it, you just look at the surface. And when you, until, oh, this, is a, this is even stronger, until, watch this, until you... You know sometimes they say somebody's wanted. And anyone who can find this person will be given a And then you hear that, you hear on the radio that they are looking, we are looking for this person. They say, wow. Anyone who can find him, he, he's hiding around Wales. Anyone who can find him will have one million pounds. Now, that's an interesting one. How can you find the person you don't know? That's why they will show you the picture. This is the one we are looking. Until you see the picture of what you are looking for, you go looking for something you don't know. People are reading the Old Testament and don't know. So, for you to understand the Old Testament, you have to actually discover Christ. Once you come to the New Testament and find Christ, now you can go back in the Old Testament and you, you can see, oh, he's here. He's there. He's there. You can find that he's dotted everywhere. But because you didn't know him, you didn't recognize and realize that he was there. From Genesis. 
I was telling you in Genesis chapter 1. In fact, right from, Bible says that in the beginning, the word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, God said, if you didn't know that he was the word, you wouldn't know that he's the one who was the creation. You, you wouldn't know. Because you didn't know that in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was God. You didn't know. So you need to come to the New Testament. When you find him in the New Testament, now you can go back to the Old Testament because you know him, watch this, watch this. You know him so well, now anywhere he shows up, in the, you, can, you will see him. You, so you, go, you, can, you can spot him, you can identify, ah, that's him, that's him. And others can't get what you are talking about. Shout hallelujah! How can you look for the one you don't know? <laughs> then you begin to realize, oh, so Moses spoke about him. It looks like everything Moses was saying was about him. Oh, the prophets were always talking about him. Oh, wow. So that's what they did too. Priestline and Aquila did to Apollos in Acts chapter 18, verse 24. They pulled him to the side. He said, My boy, come, come, come. come. What do you do? You are making so much noise, but you don't really know the details. Yeah. <laughs> a, a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures. How, how was he in the scriptures? Mighty. And he knew how to speak. He was mighty in the scriptures. You know, I mean, we need people like that. Amen. He was eloquent and mighty in the scriptures, but God, he wasn't usable. He wasn't usable. Apollos, you are mighty in the scriptures, but you are useless in the hands of God. Because the scriptures are about somebody. And if you don't know that they are about somebody, what you know is useless. Yeah. He was mighty in the scriptures and he came to Ephesus 25. <coughs> this man was instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. He's very, he's very handicapped. Yeah. Very handicapped. He is, listen, he's a top fighter when it comes to martial arts. Very good. He can go into a room with a thousand people. He can fight all of them. But listen, he doesn't know how to shoot. He doesn't know how to use a grenade. Mm. You are going to Afghanistan. We can't use you, brother. Because you... <laughs> you, can, you can go to China at the Shaolin Temple, but not Afghanistan. Afghanistan is ammunition. It's rocket-propelled grenade. It's IED. So they release the green. Before you can even come and do Xi'an, they are cattle. They, they can target you afar. They can target a spy, sniper fire and take you out. So if you do not know how to shoot and how to use ammunition and how to operate in an area of warfare with guns, my friend, we know you are good at martial arts. But you are useless. He was so mighty in the word of uh, in the scriptures, and he could speak very well about the Lord, but he only knew up to the baptism of John. So Priscilla and Aquila, verse twenty six, and he began to speak boldly in the look at the way he was talking to. You see, he didn't know what he didn't know. That's one of the sad things when you don't know what you don't know. You don't know you are ignorant. Some of you have been meeting a lot of them around you. In school, at home. They talk, but you can't tell. You don't know. You don't, you don't know. You don't even know what you're talking about. 
So, but the point I'm trying to make is that people are so ignorant and they speak with confidence. Yeah. <laughs> All these Bible things, you don't, you don't know. I can show you. It's fake. Uh, you're looking at the fool. You're looking at the fool. <laughs> Yes, his name is not Jesus. His name is Yeshua. He's Yeshua. Like, like you know him. Spoke boldly in the synagogue. Who, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they just heard him. As soon as they heard him, they knew his problem. <laughs> Someone who knows Christ, when they hear you, they can tell where you are coming from. As soon as they heard him, they took him unto uh, them. And expounded to him the ways of God more perfectly. He didn't have the mystery. He didn't know the mystery. So they expounded to him. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to expound to you the ways of God. The mystery of Christ. More perfectly. And do you know what happened? And when he was disposed to pass into Asia. The brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. Who, when he had come, helped them much, which had believed through. When he, because now he has been, after this camp, anywhere you step, you'll be a blessing to people. Yeah. Some of you are going back to your KOCs and places, and when, when you begin to speak, people will be wondering. Not because we laid hands on you, but because we showed you Christ. We showed you Christ. People are advertising what they don't know. They are talking about products they even have never seen. We came to, see, we came here to come and do more research or like discovery about the product we are supposed to be selling. Jesus, Christ Jesus. So when we finish, we know him. We, we, when we are talking about Christ, we know what we are talking about. We know what we are talking about. We are not just talking empty ways. We are talking, he says that what we have seen, First John chapter 1, verse 1, he says that what our eyes have handled, that which, is, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Just talking about this. We have handled the word. We have looked upon the word of life. I mean, can you, how can you look at a word? He's talking about Jesus was, is the word of life. And he said, we, we, for, he was from the beginning, and we, he, we have heard him. We, we, have, we, we, we have seen him with our eyes. We have looked upon him, and our hands have handled him. The word of life. Look, go to the next verse. For the life was manifested and was seen. Uh, and, and, sorry, and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and as the, as was manifested to us. So Jesus Christ came and has been manifested. They have seen, they know him. And said, we are declaring to you. Look at verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, declare we to you. Not some fake stories. Not some fake. We, what we have seen is personal experience. We declare to you that you also have fellowship with us. So, people are going around trying to recruit people to come to church and church. But you yourself, you are trying to recruit the people. You, you are not even confident about what you are talking about. That's why some people go out and then three weeks later they are backslided. You are doing outreach, now you are backslided. You have finished outreach and then you are going to have sex. Yes. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. And be found, oh, I like this one so much. Somebody lift up your right hand. Say, I want to count all things lost. I want to count all things lost. For the sake of Christ. For the excellent knowledge of Christ. And be found in him. And be found in him. 
I want to be found in Christ. Any day. Any time. 24-7. Oh, may I be found in Christ. Amen. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. Have you noticed that? The law. Law. There's a certain righteousness which is of the law. And really, that kind of righteousness cannot take you to God because the flesh is faulty. But that which is not my own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. Verse 10. I want to show you something. That I... Did you see there? I just want to know him. I just want to know him. We'll be laughing, we'll be jumping, we'll be eating. At the end of it, your desire is that I may know him. So you see, when that becomes your overriding agenda, overriding focus, a lot of things begin to lose value. Things that used to matter to you. Things that you would have argued on. Things that you would have allowed to have upset you. Things that you would have reacted negatively towards. You really, because something is so much preoccupying you that other things begin to lose value in the light of that. Your ultimate desire is that, that I might know, I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. In other words, staying on the cross. Me. He said, I want to know him so that I can I will stay on the cross. I'm conformed to his death. He died on the cross. So, because most of us, you, you came to the cross, but you did, some of us, actually, since you became born again, you've been born again for six months, but you haven't actually not even stayed there on the cross for two days. The longest is maybe two hours. You go and then you come back. When after church, you feel, oh, no, I have to go back to the cross. And then you go and stay there. After 30 minutes, I'm going. <laughs> so, if we combine all the times you have stayed on the cross, even though you came to the cross six months ago, you have not stayed on the cross more than 48 hours. Only a short time. But he says, I want to know him and I want to know the power of his resurrection. That and the fellow watch this. That's what Christians don't want to hear, more than the Christians. The fellowship of his suffering. If you want to be a Christian, get ready, you suffer some stuff. Listen, if since you became a proper Christian, you haven't lost some friends, I doubt whether you have actually become a Christian. One of the early things that will happen to you is you lose friends. It's not, you didn't sack them, but they are not interested in you. Yeah. When they are doing things now, they, ex they, ex they exclude you. Yeah, they, hook, they have group chats and they do a new one without you. When that happens, they begin to feel, wow, this thing is real. This is, this is real. I'm happy it's happening. Then, then you can talk that I want to know him and the fellowship of his suffering. I want, to fellow, I want to share in his suffering. Because I can say this is happening to me because I chose to follow Jesus. Sometimes, humanly speaking, it's not nice. Sometimes you are shocked the way they are speaking about you. And sometimes you enter the room and they stop talking. And it's like everybody's waiting for you to go. Yeah. They change the subjects. Because they don't want you. But the truth is, you don't even fit in. And whatever they've got to offer, remember, it's dung. Yeah. Not bulldoggo, please. Budang. Uh, 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 Jamaica say dong. 
Is somebody learning something? Are you beginning to appreciate the the mystery? Because people <laughs> listen to how funny the, the interesting bit. People don't know it because God didn't intend for them to know it. He hid it. He himself hid it. He hid it. The only way you can know is when you are now in Christ and you have a teacher. You can be in Christ and still not know. Is it not is it not ironic that God decided to hide some things? It doesn't matter. You can go to Bible school and still not know it. Like you can you end up being like Apollos. He was mighty in the scriptures, but he was limited in his insights when it comes to God's actual plan. You can read the Bible from cover to cover and still not find the plan of God because it's hidden. The only way it it begins to make sense is when you find Christ. When you find Christ and you humble yourself and someone begins to show you the junctions where you missed Christ. Now when you begin to, you're able to, what's it called? That thing they do, um, sometimes, you know, you put dot, 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 you draw a line through it. Connect, connect the dots. What? This is a doctor. So dot to dot, you begin to. So somebody must show you where the dots are. So when you go home and you start reading your Bible, you begin to connect the dots. And when you, sometimes you don't even finish connecting the dots. You are seeing the Messiah. You can see, oh, it's so beautiful. The picture is there, but it's full of dots. So if you are not careful, you end up connecting the wrong dots and then draw a devil. (laughs) You know what is happening? A lot of people are connecting their dots in the Bible and they are connecting it in a way that makes it look like the Bible is about breakthrough and money. And they they can prove to you, look, look, it's about money. Tell them, I think you are connecting the wrong dots. <laughs> you are connecting the wrong dots. We are not in church because you are lowly. You are connecting wrong dots. Because you'll find a place for answer to loneliness within the dots. But they all come together in the scope of Christ. So you have to see Christ first. Then you realize that all these things are actually petty. But the problem is because people are not busy looking for Christ and be found in him, they end up seeing some good things and they grab it and grab it and begin to connect wrong dots and begin to focus on minor things and make them major. So their major is on the minor things. They major in the minor things and minor in the major. The reason why people backslide is because they haven't found Christ the way they should. They have not connected. Because if you connect the door, the thing is too sweet. You can't be lost. Someone says, I used to be a Christian. I'm not. You actually didn't find him. There's no way you can see light. You are, we are all walking in darkness. And you have seen light. And it's working for you later. So I light. No, I'll go back to the dark. You didn't find, Because what you found is not light. Maybe it's just a picture or paper. If you find light... There's nothing that compares to the discovery of light that you don't care. Oh, um, I think it's in Matthew chapter 23. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think chapter 10, 23 from verse... Forty-one somewhere. I think so. It talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who finds treasure, either from thirty verse thirty-six somewhere there. So he finds a treasure, he finds a land, and there's a treasure in it, and then he leaves the land and goes to sell everything he has to come and buy the land. Did I? Oh, it's rather thirteen. Yeah, 
It's, yeah, it should be 30, not 23, 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the, which when a man has found, he hideth, and for joy therefore go thereof, goeth and sells all that he has, and comes to buy the land. <laughs> he will sell including his boyfriend. And girlfriend, get rid of all that. He will sell everything he has to use the money to come and buy this church thing I found. If you can't sell things for the kingdom, you haven't found the kingdom. If you can't let go, you actually haven't found God. Because when you find Christ, you realize that nothing compares to him. When you genuinely find Christ, that's why, please, those of you who, by God's grace, I know a lot of you is going to happen to you. Most of you here are going to be preachers. Because, do you know the truth? You can't be hearing these things I'm teaching and you be the same. When you go back reading your Bible, you begin to see, it begins to open up more. So you understand the scriptures differently. And you become solid in the things of God. You automatically begin to raise people. God begins to use you. When you speak, when you speak, God is flowing through you into them. So when you start teaching, when you start preaching to people, please don't detour. Don't divert from painting Christ. Paint Christ. Let people see Christ. Let people see Christ. The only way we can help people through the puppets is by letting them see Christ. If you have a problem, see, then maybe problems in your family, in your studies, in your health, and you come just for prayer, it's, I can't guarantee it works. But if you find Christ, it changes a lot. Everything. It's like the kingdom of, of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. There's treasure in this thing. But it's hidden. It's hid. So if you don't take it, you will never value it. That's why a lot of people don't value church. Stay in church long enough. Do it Christ-like enough. You realize that that's the best thing you've ever done in your life. Put, let's even put aside the fun we have in church. The music. The relationships. Nice, godly people. You love them. They love you. You forgive them. They forgive you. Even though you are annoying, they still accommodate you. You understand that? So, church, I don't know, I don't see why a Christian can say things like, I am lonely. If you are a Christian and you are lonely often, you are not living the Christian life. Because as soon as you become Christian, you are, there are people are always in your life. Whether you like it or not, people, there are people always in your life. God, that's Christianity. It's a corporate relationship with God. So you are related with God with some people. You can't do it alone. So that's what it means to be a Christian. How come you are relating God to God with people and you say every time you are lonely, you don't have friends? You know, there's something wrong with you. You haven't changed. Uh, oh, Pastor, but no, some of, some of us, we are very quiet and. and oh. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you become born again, it's not about your nature. It's about the, the heart you have for Christ. Watch this one. The heart you have for Christ attracts you to certain people. So you are so blinded with this, your Christ thing, you don't realize that he's not even your type of friend. So you can't say that me, I'm a Christian, but I, don't, I can't get on with people. What are you focusing on that is not helping you to connect to people who are also focusing on it? That your focus is something else because if your focus is Christ, you'll find a lot of your friends in church. Yeah. You don't have to be at the same unis, you don't have to be doing the same course. Remember, nightclub, you are not, you are sometimes not even know the year mate, but you, you met there and you have become friends. Yes, yes, you make a lot of friends at the toilet.
So I am exposing the fake people or the people who claim to be Christians and yet they said, I don't have friends in the church. I don't make friends in the church. You are actually not looking for Christ. You are not. Christ, has, Christ is not your focus. If Christ is your focus, people who are not your type, suddenly you'll be, they can become your best pals because that what you are focusing on is like you are you are in a big place and three of you you didn't even know anybody from then you say where are you going? You say, oh, I'm going to Cardiff. Which way? Oh, we are going to Cardiff. But why are you? I don't know. How I got here. I joined. I joined that train and look where suddenly, both of, uh, the three of you are worried. Yeah. You are you are lost yeah. and the place is dark and you can imagine. You don't know each other, but by the time you realize, in the dark, you are walking like this. You are trying to find your way because you are going somewhere and you are lost and you are worried. And so you are just going. And you are going. So you try and go at the side. Then you are pulling on this way, this way, don't go there. Let's go. Or you are in a storm and the wind is... You are holding each other because you are going somewhere together. People and check the number of people they get on with in church. It will tell you whether they are genuinely spiritual or not. Even this camp, in the room, you are always alone by yourself. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering what you are thinking about. What's on your mind? Unless, unless sometimes you are with some people and they are not talking about the things of Christ. And they are talking about so much rubbish, you are shocked. So you can't get involved. But if a camp like this we have closed, some of you too, after camp like this, after teaching like this, on your way back, why are you talking about Worldly things. Revisit the topic. That pastor said this. It was a blessing. Share what you heard. Let others share what. Let's 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 interact. Some of you, when we say we are reading Proverbs, you will not share anything what you are finding because you are not reading it. Yes. One one thing I found out about godliness is when you find something about Christ. It's so exciting. You want to tell somebody. You really want to That's what has turned me into a preacher. That's what has turned me into a preacher. And many years, that's how I've always been. Anyone near to me, I'll be talking, I'll be sharing things with you. I'll be sharing. Look at what I found. I've, and I'm excited. When I found, I'm so excited. I want some. And so I migrate away from people who are not interested in that and I tend to go close people who are into I share I, 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 I love, it. love it that's what has made me a preacher I'm, even without a pulpit I always preach without microphone I'm always sharing it's been my life all this while since I became a Christian how come you're a Christian you have found great treasure and you don't talk about it it's not treasure you have labeled it as treasure, but to you it's trash. You know, you don't talk about trash. There are things about you you can't talk about. You can't talk about it. There are certain issues about your life and some unpleasant things about you which you don't want anybody to know. And they don't have to know anyway. Some, sometimes some embarrassing illnesses. Yeah. Sometimes there are some things you can't let anybody know. But if you have got, someone has told you, I want to marry you, and they bought 70,000 pounds ring for you. You, you, you. I'm telling you, you can never put your hand in your pockets. You always work like this. Every time, now your hand is perfectly How about this? When you buy 
a dress or shoe, something that is so nice, you can't wait for the event to wait. find something you treasure, you can't wait for the opportunity to display it. The way you have hidden Christ in your back pocket, you have hidden Christ somewhere under your armpit. I can tell you, you are not excited about Jesus. You are not. You haven't actually found him. You don't treasure the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. That's why you always, you don't want to adapt. When you, we have come to camp. But when we go back on campus, you don't quickly identify with the Christians. Oh. All your friends are night clubbers. Hey. Hey. On social media, there's nothing about you that looks like you are a very serious Christian. You don't share, you don't share Things about church, things about Christ, Snapchat, you don't tweet, tweet uh, you don't share anything. When we say this Sunday we are going to be a monk, you can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. You have the, your status, you have never put a message I've preached on your status. You can always tell where people's hearts are. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All we have to do is just watch you. We, will tell, we can tell where your heart is. Most people try to explain things. Oh, you know, you know, excuse me. We don't know. We are just watching you. We are watching you and listening to you. We want to believe what you say. But what you do, shout so much, we can't hear what you say. So if you are excited about Christ, you don't have to fake it, it will show. God bless you for listening to this message. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube and visit www.caris.org for videos and upcoming events. Remember, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer.